0: Hello and welcome to the Tifo Football Podcast. My name is Joe Devine, and today I'm delighted to be joined by two people. One of them is Alex Stewart. Hello, Joe. Hello. And the other is Seb
1: Stafford bloor Hello, Joe. How do you turn on your enthusiasm like that? Just how do I do it like yeah, that? Yeah, because you, I mean, <laughs> oh, I mother you's... brought
0: me up well. Okay. <laughs> All those okay. family parties. I don't want to go. Hello, granddad. You know. Actually, Grandad was wow, always what a breeze. A, what,
1: a, what a rabbit hole that is! Okay, <laughs>
0: <laughs> goodness me. Anyway, the purpose of today's podcast is to look at football rules and potential additions to the rule book of football. Um, Seb, Alex, and I have one sort of addition or rule change each. They may be a kind of range of uh, of, of additional rules, or they may be a concept or a very simple one. Uh, throughout this podcast, each of us will state what our rule change or rule addition is, the other two will question it and we'll see. It's a bit like Room 101, isn't it? That's for, uh, I mean, I didn't think about that until I said it as a joke before we started recording, but for uh, viewers and listeners from not in the United Kingdom. I don't know whether you have uh, Room 101 franchises elsewhere. It's a, it's a sort of comedy, light entertainment show where uh, three people come, they have uh, a few things they hate each about the world, and then uh, the host decides which one goes into the room as the sort of, you know, we all hate that collectively. Normally it's something like uh, cyclists. Do you know, you know that, that yeah. a fair
1: description? The Daily Mail. You know, stuff yes like that. the Daily yeah. Mail
0: that's gone into the room 101 I'm sure it has so uh, it's not quite like that but anyway we will uh, we will scrutinize each other's ideas and we will try to uh, to, to show that uh, you know the football rule book is a complicated and delicate thing as Michael Cox showed us with an article in the athletic earlier this year if you change one little thing uh, you know there's a ripple effect isn't there I'm talking too much anyway uh, this episode is supported by the athletic the best place to read about football Online. If you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash TIFO, you can get a seven-day free trial to see if you like it, and if you do, you can get 50% off an annual subscription. Really worth doing. That's theathletic.co.uk forward slash TIFO. Um, We will also be looking through some of your suggestions later on in the podcast too, so keep an eye out uh, and an ear out for those. Anyway, uh, that's enough for me, and uh, here we go to the episode now. More of me.
1: Seb, let's start with you. In one sentence, what is your rule change and or addition? So, Joe, I really, really, really hate time-wasting, and I have come up with a range of measures to combat it.
0: Okay, very exciting. Alex, uh,
2: the same. Uh, I hate penalty shootouts, though not necessarily what you'd think, and so I have an alternative for that.
0: Okay, right. Well, mine is to uh, stop people, uh, stop footballers playing over a certain number of minutes or games per calendar year. So I think let's, let's, let's start with Seb. Um, Seb, you say you hate time-wasting. Who doesn't hate time-wasting? It's very frustrating, unless, you know, you're the winning team. Um, what are your range of measures to, to combat this? Because
1: it's a complicated issue, isn't it? Right, so Jay, you ask who doesn't hate time-wasting. I would venture that referees don't hate time-wasting enough. Um, That's interesting. Because the whole reason why we have to come up with measures is because uh, time always, always manages to leak out of a game. So, as of figures from 2018, um, the average ball in playtime was 59 minutes in the Premier League. Um, the highest during that season, during 2018-2019, was 68 minutes. The lowest, which I think was a game between Cardiff and Burnley, was 42 minutes. Which this is crazy, absolutely ridiculous. So... Um, a couple of things we can do. Um, we're going to get to the radical stuff like stop, start, rugby-style clocks at the end because that's very much a kind of um, it's a macro measure. Um, and instead, I've, I've focused on, um, on things that could be introduced as of tomorrow, things that wouldn't take big legislative change in the game. You're going for the realistic approach, Seb? I'm going for the kind of common-sense approach. So let's take things that already exist in the game and uh, take them a bit more seriously. Um, okay. So... Should I just go go through them one by one?
0: Yeah, yeah, why
1: not? Okay, so... uh, Alex,
0: Alex, you and I just interrupt when he says something stupid, okay? That's the rule. Okay, sure. And I
1: will shout you down. Okay, um, so (laughs) measure one, I want to see a return of the six-second rule, which used to govern goalkeepers. Um, Have they got rid of that? uh, Almost by convention. Um, So for for younger listeners, um, in 1998, uh, IFAB, um, who come up with the game's laws introduced a regulation which meant that goalkeepers could only hold the ball for six seconds at a time which when it was announced sounded like it was going to create a kind of a panic in the game like absolute chaos but uh, as with everything like that um it really wasn't applied um I think I've seen it happen twice actually happened in a school game in which I played um but I think that was just an overzealous referee trying to you know truck a me- trying to I don't know <laughs> he wanted to be the working somebody.
0: class really can be upset with you guys at that school can't they Sam? <laughs> if you, you know, this is what will happen if you'll spit on them throughout the week they will book you at the weekend
1: I just want to remind anyone that was listening to that little interlude that that was Joe speaking and not me there was I, I just remained quiet and passive in the background while he, um, mm-hmm. while he rallied against my education anyway um, this is an important just point like because... the list of the leading
2: classes <laughs> just... isn't it called cool privilege anyway rather than education it's I'm I'm not one to speak, obviously.
0: Weighing in there, do go on, Seb.
1: Anyway, 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 anyway. So this is a measure um, designed at kind of um, reinstating seconds, you know, in tiny increments. So, for instance, stoppage time in a game, big loopy cross comes over, goalkeeper comes to catch it, catches it fairly easily then throws himself to the floor and spends 20, 30 seconds lying there while his teammates pat him on the head. I hate that. Mm. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Because it's it's good goalkeeping, fine, Um, but also it's an infringement. You're not allowed to just uh, erode time out of a game like that. So measure one. Um,
0: in fact that's become a sort of it's a trope it's so regular it's a trope it's almost a, a kind of a level of pageantry which is organically uh, developed over time where the players have noticed that if they all touch the goalkeeper's head yeah. it will appear that time isn't moving past
1: yeah or you touch his head or you punch him on the shoulder or you know yeah. and it's kind of it's become an established part of the game which I i, I reject anyway measure okay. two
2: can I sorry can I just step in first I, I totally agree with that as a thing but in relation to the, that, that doesn't stop the ball being considered in play, does it? I mean, the figures that you gave at the beginning of this are to do with the ball being kicked off and so on. That's not, that's not reflected in these additional things. So you're making the time that is with the ball on the pitch more, more valuable.
1: You're right, Alex. So basically what I'm trying to do is, um, is I'm trying to eliminate dead time. Um, I'm trying to eliminate the little acts of time wasting um, which go unnoticed because they don't appear in these statistics um, and as a result don't get treated seriously enough by referees and you know, rule makers and what have you.
0: Um, so, so just sorry, just to be absolutely clear, the yeah. uh, the, the the statistic you quoted at the beginning that the, the game between uh, Cardiff and 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 who was it Burnley? Uh, oh, only I, I had, think uh, so.
1: There's a bit of an asterisk against that. I can't remember who the two teams were, but that was okay. the low point of the season. Yes,
0: but that that game, the low point of the season was sort of 42 minutes played or whatever. Yeah. That yeah. that 42 minutes still includes the time where the goalkeeper is having his head patted.
1: So it still includes uh, time when the goalkeeper is having his head patted. Uh, time when. Um, the i don't know a a goalkeeper is trying to retrieve a ball for a goal kick uh time when the when the game is actually considered continuous basically
0: right okay fine when the when yeah okay i'm with you right do go on measure
1: 2 which is a bit more radical um so goal kicks um if anyone out there has been watching the NRL they'll have noticed uh, which is uh, Australian rugby league for those who don't know um, they'll have noticed the integration of a stop clock, which governs uh, restarts. So whenever a scrum happens or a line dropout, you have, I think, 20 seconds to restart. All this horn sounds in the in the stadium over the tannoy. And a the horn? Yeah, it's actually a really loud horn. I am for that,
0: Seb. I, right. like anything that introduces a horn, I'm there.
1: Oh, don't say it in the creepy voice, though, Joe. You've used no, the no, creepy not voice. Like, no, no, no. no I just have, like horn. Like, I know you don't mean it, but you've used the creepy voice, and that's that, just my voice. No, it's not. You have a, there are there are ranges of your voice which which have a it's a sliding scale of creepiness. Anything it's, that includes a horn, so okay, that's go your on. that's your kind of um, mayor of Amityville in Jaws voice. <laughs> um, so what I want to do is uh, okay. So a goal kick. Uh, the ball goes off, off the field, and it's a goal kick. Now. One of the ways in which goalkeepers waste time in games is by messing around by the advertising hoardings and uh, changing the side of the of the six-yard box and they're going to take the goal kick. So what I want to do is I want to say, right, goalkeepers are no longer allowed to leave their six-yard box in that situation. They wait, a ball boy retrieves the ball, gives it to them, and then from that point, they have a certain amount of time to restart the game. Mm. Otherwise, otherwise, I don't know, indirect free kick on the penalty box or... Free kick in a position of the opposition's choice on the D. So wow. I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't thought that far through, but
0: that's pre- those are, that's pretty severe punishment. Let, for let's what call would it a Ben be Foster. A rule. No, it's, okay. not.
1: it's not. It's a. It's it's become a tactic. It's a. It, watch Ben Foster play. Good human being, right. nice person, huge waster of time. So this right. is uh, an anti-Ben Foster measure. Okay, um, okay, I'm half on board with that one, but go on. Okay, any more objections to that, Alex? I can sense an energy from you. <laughs> <laughs> Said no through, one through ever. The, through the internet. <laughs> um I mean my my
2: only issue with that is I suppose that that there's a an issue with things like uh when goalkeepers handle in the penalty area. I know it not sorry, not handle when um there's passbacks, they pick up a pass back. It feels like the potential outcome of that punishment is disproportionate because if you have an, a free kick within that area, it is so much more dangerous. than. And I know I, that's I the incentive not to do it, but at the same time, it kind of feels like when something like that would be brought in, it would really penalise teams for such a minor infringement. I, yeah. I, I, I would look, I, I look at punishments booking, across booking,
0: games rather than in-game. I would look at retrospective action if Ben Foster... But that's not worked time, for diving. <clears throat> No, but they haven't applied it really, have they?
2: I mean, I, I, th- I, think, I think the, the premise of, of doing something with goal kicks is absolutely right. I would simply book goalkeepers for that because goalkeepers get so infrequently booked otherwise that it's extremely unlikely that, for example, a goalkeeper would get sent off for a, a second time-wasting offence. Right. That, that, that so exists already. This is, my, already. And, this is going so to be I've, my point three. So, I've anticipated it. My apologies for ruining the you, crescendo you to.
1: You've ruined the flow of the grievance, which is mm. troubling. I will I will adapt and move forward though. Okay, so rule three, start sending players off for time wasting. Like so at the moment there seems to be this kind of convention whereby A, you don't book a player until at least the seventy fifth minute for um for time wasting. And then the if it's a goalkeeper, for instance, the referee runs Half the length of the pitch to do it. Books him, runs back, and then doesn't add on the time. What about just, a booking drone? You, could have, a, you could have
0: a could uh, have a you could have a booking drone. Like the referee's a, a a little robot camp. pet that yeah that, that that sort of flies over to the goalkeeper and and, and issues a yellow. We'll call that the a new little flag situation. could unfurl, drop down beneath it, and everyone could cheer, and the horn could blow. Oh. Okay, I like is that rule. This, is,
1: is this part of a fever dream that you've been having?
0: <laughs> yes, that's right, yes. <laughs> okay, I like, I like rule three. I like rule three. Start sending them off. Get, get them gone.
1: Okay, so two more. Um, the first is I want to overhaul the whole way in which time is added on at the end of games. So I want to hand over that responsibility to VAR. Um, wow, it's going to be unpopular because because
2: everything else has gone so well in that department. Well,
1: this is the thing is that uh, this is this is something which shouldn't be that difficult. and at the moment VAR doesn't have enough of a purpose for me it It exists to ruin football. Um, mm. That's what I've come around to. It seems quite a long time ago that we were talking about VAR, but even so, so two reasons behind this. One is I want to stop um, managers, coaches, assistant managers. Exerting pressure on an assistant referee uh, on a on a fourth official, um, and also assessing time added on um, is it's too much for a referee to do properly. There's too much going on in a game for him to really account objectively how much time has been lost from a match. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but let's uh, say, for example, Seb, that in that in the and again, we're gonna we're gonna preface yep. this with maybe it wasn't the teams, but the low point between Cardiff and Burnley, forty two yep. minutes played. Are we saying that? Uh, after ninety minutes uh, has gone up, that the teams will have to continue playing for another forty-six minutes.
1: No, no, I, I'm just, I just want it to be sensible. So, for instance, if you watch, if you watch Spanish football, for whatever reason, um, fourth officials only seem capable of adding on three minutes at the end of a Liga game. It's always three right. minutes, always, always three minutes. And if you see a player um, go down uh, with an injury in, in in stoppage time or a substitution take place invariably not enough time is then added as in compensation. So not only am I giving um, Stockley Park uh, the authority to set the minimum amount of uh, stoppage time which appears on the fourth official's board, I'm also going to wait until they give the say-so to finish the game at the end of stoppage time because I want to give them a proper function which goes beyond looking for penalties, red cards, denial of goal-scoring opportunities, whatever it is that they do. Um, I want a sort of a, a more, a more, a more a, mathematically precise. So, no, no, example, just... like,
0: so, Cristiano Ronaldo is uh, is running down the the wing, shoots a shot. It's probably going in, but uh, just before he shoots it, the
1: whistle blows. No, 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 no. Nothing changed in the sense of like the game still ends. no buzzer beaters. No, 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 no. The referee still blows his whistle. It's just that Stockley Park or whatever the alternative is in the other leagues um, gives the referee permission to then stop the game at. The next appropriate moment, ball goes off, ball goes through the middle of the pitch, whatever, whatever it may be. No, um, no, Clive Thomas situation—the corners where you, you know, you, okay, you you play full time, you know, as the ball's going in, and that. Um, but you just too much time is lost, and also it's become far too easy for um for for teams to to ruin the momentum or the rhythm of the final moments in a game. It's just too easy.
0: It's too, and you know, those are some of the most fun moments.
1: Exactly that. Those are the moments that you know. let should be treasured. Well, the, the the broader issue is that people pay a lot of money to go to football now, and so for them to actually only being watch uh, only watch forty two minutes of football, it's a disgrace. It's ridiculous. Mm. Or fifty five minutes on average. Um, and I've okay. got one more, and then I'm yep. going to um, uh, finish dying on this hill. <laughs> 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 uh, no more substitutions in stoppage time, um, because again, this has become a trope. Like, a, a manager makes a substitution with like 45 seconds left and a commentator mm. will say, "Oh, he's trying to waste a little bit of time. And you think, yeah, that's... It's, it's yeah. weird that we're so accepting of that. Um, and also, like, um, I mentioned this... What about in for n- injuries, Seb? Don't care. <laughs> no, I... I, 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 I it, it's such a small part of the game that if a genuine injury happens, which I think is actually quite rare when a player needs to come off the field in injury time... Hmm. um then you go down to 10 men alternatively like i mentioned this in an article a while ago and someone said yeah but what, what if you need to make a, a, a tactical substitution if you're a manager and you can't um if you can't buttress your formation by repurposing a another professional footballer in a like a, a defensive position or as an emergency fullback or you know stick a center a center half up front then you're not really mentally agile enough to be doing the job in the first place. Or if you haven't
0: done it before, 90 minutes has passed.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and also, like you know, maybe that leads to a lot of substitutions being made in the 88th or 89th minute. Okay, but then at least you're being properly compensated by the time added on from my theoretical guy at Stockley Park.
0: No, I quite like that one. And I agree. I think actually if you did have a a, a rule but for injuries, then people would just fake injuries. Exactly. uh, And waste time that way. Are you in your garden, by the way? Because uh, all I can hear is a, is, a, is a delightful little chirping bird.
1: No, I live. Um, I've got we got the windows open, and our kind of communal <laughs> garden is oh, I see. full of birds. So, as, as all the people have gone inside, all the birds have come out. Yeah. Um, no, no, we've it's got birds and squirrels, nice. and you know. Do
0: you know yeah. what I, I I went outside to smoke last night at about uh, half twelve, and um, I live on, on, in a flat that is only accessible via a fire escape. There's one opposite too, uh, just a couple of maybe a meter away. And uh, there was a huge, huge, great big fox just right there. Never seen Excellent. one that close before, but uh, they're out now. It's quiet outside. The animals have uh, returned.
1: To get into your house, you have to get up a fire escape.
0: Well, it's, it, it, it's a fire escape looking set of outdoor stairs, if that makes ah, sense. You mean you don't go over a drawbridge? No, that's your house, Alex. I think you've become confused. <laughs> yeah, and do be careful to raise it because the donkeys there you know, and the ponies and the horses, they just keep getting away, don't they? And,
1: and then that's the poor p- colours to be wound up as well. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you're always expecting my people to fetch it for you. Right, um, Seb, broadly speaking, I like it. We're going to wait until we get to the end before we decide whether yours wins. Um, and uh, Alex, you we're going didn't. to move to yours now. We didn't what?
1: you didn't you didn't clarify that there would be a competitive element to this. That well, that's be because I didn't, I didn't want to
0: pressurise anyone beforehand, um, which maybe retrospectively I should have done because well, I'm feeling Alex hasn't prepared at, at all. all. <laughs> right, Alex, go. What's your unprepared statement? Right. Well, as I said before, I'm going to preface this with the fact that I I
2: find this a conceptually difficult thing to mm. do. Yes, because because the laws of football exist, and I I can't.
0: That's right. right, you're so stuck in the zeros and ones that when we drop a two at you, you don't know what to do and you freak out. I panic, so what I've gone
2: with is something that's kind of ridiculous and I'm not even sure I agree with anyway.
0: Right, well that's you're not going to win then, are you? But go on. Probably not. However, penal-
2: penalty shootouts are, I think are a bit off. So, <laughs> that's, that's the best way I can put it. So for two reasons... <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, um basically it's it's really quite easy to score a penalty if you're a professional footballer. So it's it, it seems to me it's unduly biased against the goalkeeper. Um and also since the rule change or law change around goalkeepers staying on their line during penalty shootouts it's become even harder for goalkeepers to gain any kind of advantage. Also, you have a lot of these sort of false start situations. Sometimes it's adjudicated that a goalkeeper's off the line. Sometimes it's not when they are. It it just feels like it's unfair and overly scrutinised in a way that is... It's such a kind of coalescence of emotion and potential and difficulty and all of those things that it's kind of screwed it up.
0: Okay, you, you've drawn me in there with your with your with your setup. Hit us with the solution. So there are two kind of
2: main alternatives to penalty shootouts. Um, the first is called attacker defender goalkeeper, uh, which has been around since two thousand and eight, but never really used. And it's effectively where you have one attacker up against a defender and a goalkeeper and they try and score but it's it's like a it's a 2v1 that to me is a bit much so I would go with the MLS version which um, I don't think has been used since the very late 90s but you have an attacker starting at the halfway line you have a goalkeeper starting on their line and you've got 30 seconds to score the reason I like that is that because any potential advantage gained by being fractionally off your line when it starts is negligible. So you wouldn't need to have that minutia. You wouldn't have to worry about that. It wouldn't take any longer. Particularly, it's still a spectacle. It gives a goalkeeper a fairer chance of saving it, um, and I think it's more fun actually. And you know, Alex, how can I, I ask love, a practical question? Um, yes.
1: What happens if the goalkeeper commits a foul what if, what, uh, if, what if the four goes past him and trips him and what, I, would it, do you just do it again? No, I would say in that
2: instance if it's, if it's a foul that would have resulted in a penalty in the course of the yeah. game, then you penalty. would award the goal All right, as, a, okay. as like as like a penalty goal yeah yeah um, okay. and you would potentially even consider sending that goalkeeper off. And forcing one of the outfield players to go in goal instead. Ooh, because, interesting. Okay. Because that, that would be fun. That would That's be fun. That's a big yeah. hole though.
0: That's a big how do you do I mean, so let's say that the goalkeeper decided best way to do this is to leg it at him and comes out yeah. of the box sweeper keeper style. You know, this player yeah. can't chip me for for love nor money, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle him. The commits a foul outside of the penalty area, you can't just have it start again and you can't just award the goal.
2: Hmm. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, it's, it's so a glaring, glaring yeah. flaw in a system that will never get used in a hypothetical exercise. I'm also, one,
0: well, one other thing, I, I, you know, I'm noticing, and, you know, we listened through Seb's, we're listening through yours now. Um, I really want to know, where's the horn in yours? Is there a horn in yours? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, mine is naturally set up to have a horn as the
2: kind 30 of... thirty seconds. The, 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 the opening of that 30-second period. My, mine is built for horn. I, yep. <laughs>
0: I'm so on board. Right, I'm going to have to think of how I can add a horn into mine. Oh, I've got it. Okay, I've added the horn into mine now. Okay, um, okay. I do like the idea, and, and, and as, as a spectacle, Alex, I'm very up for watching it. I think it leaves itself open to more... Problems, and given that you set up your issue with describing the, you know, one or two problems that result from a penalty uh, situation, hmm. and that being reason enough to change it, changing it to something where there are more potential pitfalls and problems is is yeah. not strong for me. No, 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 and and I I do
2: accept that, um, and obviously I'm treating this this whole exercise with the seriousness it deserves. right? But what I would say is that the spirit of my suggestion is very much in the spirit of Seb's suggestion, which is that there are too many niggly elements now in the way either the game is played or the game is adjudicated or officiated that are really frustrating. Mm -hmm. And and there were, uh, you know, during the Euros and also during the Women's World Cup, um, back when football was actually happening, those Halcyon days, um, there, there were a lot of penalties, not even in penalty shootouts, that were needlessly ruined by just stupid degrees of a goalkeeper shifting slightly forwards in a situation that's already incredibly stressful, where there's basically almost like a 75% chance of scoring. So I, I just, I kind of feel like for that reason, Maybe the simple thing to do is to to just be laxer. But but the problem with the laws is that the laws are, by their nature, they're very precise. And the latitude that was allowed to players was based on a degree of human error, which has now been removed by VAR. Mm. And so therefore, you know, a player could, a goalkeeper could get an inch off their line and it probably wouldn't matter too much. Um, Now VAR doesn't allow a millimetre. And so it's just kind of it's it's turned what should be a very engaging event into quite a dry spectacle where you're just concerned. Are they going to they're going to cancel that and blow it back because the person's off their line a millimeter. And and this is a way of getting around that. It's not a very sensible way, um, but it's the same sort of idea that that. The, the fun is being sucked out of it.
0: I like it. Do you know what I would think about, though, just along these lines before we move on? Two thinking horns? about other ways to... get yeah, more horns, obviously. <laughs> a, a, a
2: second but, horn um, at the end. When a
0: goal is scored, there would be an alternative <laughs> horn. A soprano horn, a really yeah. high-pitched one. Yeah. Um, no, what I'm thinking is of other ways to get round penalties. Um, I like the idea of continuing to play the game, but every two minutes, uh, a player from each team has to step off. And yeah. you keep going... Uh, and you're reducing the players, so you know the maximum amount of time that that could be would be an additional 20 minutes, I suppose. So maybe you do it every minute. Every minute another player has to, has to leave the pitch, um, and uh, you keep going until someone scores, because that could be quite funny. Or you both nominate your hardest player, and then they have a fight in the right. centre circle.
1: To the death.
0: Yeah, no, that makes yeah. sense, actually. Yeah. What do they call that? Do you know in the olden days when uh, the leaders of armies would uh, fight on their army's behalf?
1: It's a way of alleviating war, wasn't it? Just yes. That,
0: yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I think that's a tremendous idea. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks, Alex. Thanks for that. Just a quick interruption into today's episode for me to remind you that we are supported by The Athletic, the best place to read about football online. Of course, the topic of today's episode is uh, if we could change football rules or add football rules, what would they be? Incidentally, The Athletic released a piece on this very topic, uh, written by all of their staff, about a month ago, called If You Could Change One Rule in Football, What Would It Be? Uh, Adam Hurry, for example, suggests getting rid of throw-ins. Wouldn't that be exciting? Carl Anker, bin away goals. Oliver Kay, introduce dribbling from corners. And uh, the almighty Michael Cox, more defensive throw-ins forward. Mm -hmm. very exciting Uh, there's I mean pretty much all of them it's incredibly long Uh, lots of really cool stuff in here Um, and it's been it was a lot of fun to flick through before we started recording actually to have a look at what other people are thinking Um, much of it chimes with what uh, listeners have uh, suggested for us too so hopefully you'll find some 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 ideas there that resonate. Anyway, you can access that by getting a seven-day free trial. If you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash TIFO, you can read the full piece. You have seven days to browse around and do what you like. And if you decide you like it, you can get 50% off an annual subscription, which works out to be about £2.50 a month. So that's theathletic.co.uk forward slash TIFO. It's full of fun, please go and do that now. It helps support the TIFO Football Podcast and indeed it helps support TIFO as a company. So uh, thanks for listening and back to today's episode. Right, mine now. I'm going to do mine now. Mine, as I discussed before, is uh, introducing a maximum number of games or a maximum number of minutes that a professional footballer can play in a calendar year. Can I just just
1: say at this point, (coughs) I feel like Alex and I have been a little bit cheated by this because... We've came we've we, we've come up between us with quite silly suggestions, and you you get to play the role of the kind of the. I don't know your yours is quite sensible. Yeah, well, um, you know, maybe you could have taken the game more and seriously.
0: And we, <laughs> <laughs> I, I no, I mean to be fair, maybe if both of you had known this, there was a competitive element to this, and not just me. Then you would have you would have prepared. I mean, you actually
1: to- you we did actually just cackle there. <laughs> I mean that, that's not a laugh, that's a cackle. Sorry. Well, look, you Elements both have of what the opportunity. Seb suggested
0: were were sensible. No, I they think. were. They were. They absolutely were. You both now have the opportunity to rip apart what I'm about to say, and it's me, So there'll be holes. There okay, will de- be okay. holes. All right, okay. Okay. The problem is,
2: okay, because I don't think there are holes. I think what you've suggested is incredibly sensible. Okay, it's kind well,
0: of, you, wait, wait. I haven't suggested it yet. So hold let's on. Let's look after players' health.
1: Yes, I think mm, that that that's my angle. Idea. Yeah, that's my that's angle. It's quite hard to pull some. Uh, okay, find some holes in.
0: Right here we go. Here we go. Let's look after players' health. So, but not just that. Let's keep doing more football as well. That's what you get everything out of it. The problems with this, the, I mean, the, the 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 main the backdrop of this issue is that the football calendar is uh, I- increasingly um, insane and is exacerbating the problems with players playing too many minutes. So here's some examples: uh, Son Heung-min played 78 games of football in a calendar year, I think between 2018 and 2019. He had just 22 days of rest in the summer. Uh, There was no winter break that year, so there was no 14 days of rest there. Um, He flew a third of the way to the moon in that year, just travelling for football games. That is the equivalent of five and a half days in the air. The workload is obviously unsustainable, um, and, uh, another really good example of this is Alexis Sanchez, who had, uh, I think just one summer break in five years because Commonwealth, uh, was played, uh, moved the Copa America to, to align with the Euros. And so it was played four times in six years. So between that and his World Cup appearances, he basically had one summer in five years. No wonder he's fucking shit, right? I mean, he's tired. He's tired. <laughs> he's a player who, who, you know, he was kind of, uh, what would you, what would you say? He's defined by his, um tenacious run when he first uh, joined player. Arsenal yeah and he was uh, you know charging down the way of course he's tired of course he's tired it's too much so reduce it um, and you could argue okay well that's not necessarily what people want to see and there's all of these issues with um, I think it was uh, in, in I can't remember which country this was in but um There was a a Juventus friendly at the beginning of the season which uh, fans asked for their money back because Ronaldo didn't even feature and they were promised that he would play, right? That sort of thing. So people, you know, fans obviously want to see the best players but if we introduced uh, a global um, rule which said that a player can only play, let's call it 50 games of football a year or 55 maybe, right? Uh, Down to the minute. So if they play 60 minutes in one game, They still have their 30 of that game left. I don't know exactly what the number of minutes is. I haven't worked it out. Um, As a result of that, you would have to increase uh, the squad size that you could enter into tournaments because you would need more players to be playing. So you would up the squad size in the Premier League, for example, from 25 to 30. The additional five players have to be from your academy which is fun, right? That would encourage uh, clubs to uh, to focus on their academies more and, and bring through their own youth players and that sort of thing. Uh, fans would get an opportunity to see more players. It would be a fun fan thing where you knew, for example, you've got three games of the season left and uh, Harry Kane's only got 90 minutes. How do you apportion him throughout those, those three, three for Tottenham? Would it
1: be a, a fun fan thing or would it just be another means for which by which fans could moan about something?
0: It would protect the players. The fans were going to moan about everything anyway. But it also allows more football. The thing is, like the 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 FIFA calendar thing doesn't really matter as much anymore because if you have bigger squads and you have a maximum cap on how often how often players can actually play, you can stick your your FIFA Club World Cup revamped hundred million pound tournament into the middle of the season, and who gives a shit? You know, you're like you can you do do whatever you want with the calendar because it doesn't it's not impacting the players anymore or any less than it would if they weren't there. So I think people will get more football as um, as a result of this. People will get more opportunities to to watch uh, players from their team. They'll have more opportunities to watch academy players from their team. Players will perform better because they won't be fucked all the time. So when you do see Ronaldo and Messi and Alexis Sanchez and Son and whoever, they're probably performing better because they've had the adequate amount of rest. Their careers are longer. I mean, there was a, a study done into into baseball players that suggested that inadequate sleep as a result of jet lag and a lot of travel and stuff can actually shorten a career. So you might end up with a, a slightly longer uh, natural career length for football players, and you might get a few more years out of people towards the end. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think it makes sort of... Complete sense. Um, incidentally, uh, I, I I had a quick rewatch of a video that I wrote the script for last year, where I've stolen all this stuff from. Um, and there were a couple of quotes from Ken Early at the Irish Times that I included because they're very interesting. Uh, Ken describes this. Um, this sort of uh, new phenomenon as a, as, as a part of, of modern football which of the, which the intensity is um, significantly higher than it has been in the past. He says the rise of system football means that the English league today has uh, less periods of broken play and more periods of uh, controlled possession and that the team that made the fewest tackles 10 years ago made more tackles than the team that makes the most tackles today. So even within yeah. the space of 10 years, you can see how much harder it actually is to complete 90 minutes of football. There are far fewer breaks than there would have been even just 10 years ago. So the football does need to do something to um, to address that. And I think a, a, a maximum number of minutes would be would be really interesting. Of course, some fans would moan about it, but I would be particularly excited excited to see how a coach would apportion Harry Kane's 90 minutes in the last three games of Tottenham Hotspur season. You know, that, that's kind of exciting exciting to me
1: who um who would you be using to police this exercise
0: yeah that that was my issue because there's
2: um first firstly i think the idea is great um and i think i think the academy thing gets around the other caveat that i had which was that it would encourage bigger spending clubs to buy up players that they didn't really use very much Mm -hmm. but actually if you force them to use academy players that's it, it solves that issue and actually is a a benefit as well,
0: or at least it pushes the issue into the earlier
2: years. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I take the point. Yeah, no, that's that is always going to be the case, though. Um, but I I do worry that you know there there are teams that suddenly, and this is not just football. There are other sports where this occurs. You know, a team gets disqualified three months down the line because they fielded an ineligible player in a competition. And nobody's noticed, and then suddenly the governing body spots it and goes, "Ah, oh, yes, yeah, sorry, guys, we've got to boot you out."
0: Well, what you do is um, you is you hire uh, eleven people to sit in Stockley Park or, or or an adjacent building or something to watch the ten games uh, or eleven games a week, uh, or oh, however many there are, and um, they have a little they have a bit of software where once they've put the starting eleven in, those players uh, just tick down their minutes until they're substituted off. And a bit like a, a data collector that works for Opta or something, they just pop them off when they leave the pitch.
1: Can you imagine the conspiracy theories? <clears throat> can you imagine, like, um, you know how you get, you get a certain type of fan that you know, when they're trying to prove a player is offside, they draw, like, a, a zigzag or something on, so on Opta, Twitter. So
0: Opta will collect it too. I mean, not Opta yeah, and Scout and all, of these other, a all,
1: all, these, yeah. all these other
0: uh, <laughs> uh, data collectors would also do the same thing. Well, you actually, know, I mean, to be fair, that
2: is already done. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah. so there's no issue with that I, I, what I mean more is that in terms of it being something, this, this is the kind of thing that could only really work at a, a supranational level yeah. because you then factor in you know the, things like the, the, the issue and the wear and tear and all of those arguments are partly substantiated on the basis of international football if Alexis Sanchez is only playing club football it doesn't matter
0: No, I I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be everywhere.
2: Right. So at which point then who overall arbitrates that?
0: and the clubs will do that with, with I mean so for example when Alexis Sanchez joins Manchester United uh, he, he, they'll be looking at his wage differently now because he can't play 80 games for them he can only play 50 games for them or whatever right so the, 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 the paper game is slightly different he will come with his agent with an estimation of how many national team games he wants to play that year it's a World Cup year he wants to play all of those games and he wants to play the, 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 the games leading up to it so he says I need 10 games to take to my international team and and uh, the club will say, uh, yes or no or fine, but that's going to be reflected in your pay. And he'll say, fine or no. And th- at that point, that's when they negotiate it. like Just yeah. like they do with everything else.
2: I mean, that almost sounds a little bit like central contracts in cricket, but the other way around.
0: Well, um, the, the thing is, it's the it's the player power. The player decides how they want to apportion it. If the club don't like it, the club don't have to agree with it. But then the player doesn't join the club. You know, they join a club where they're allowed to do that. And then you'd have interesting kind of markets pop up where, for example, a player might go to Portugal, like Alexis Sanchez might go and play for a sporting club because sporting clubs say, come here, we'll pay you this amount of money and actually we'll give you your 15 games for the national team because it's a World Cup year and it's important to you. You might spring up new markets all around Europe. It could be good for the financial imbalance you I might would
2: have a, worry um, that a that would inflation. disincentivize Sorry. i would worry that that would disincentivize international football though because actually when you've got i mean yes the counter argument to this is that it's all geared towards prolonging player careers but at the same time you still don't know things will happen irrespective of reducing wear and tear you just get your leg broken um, and i think if there isn't some then financial incentive to play international football. If if a club is is saying to you, well, we're going to pay you 20 grand a week less because you want to play 10 international games, whereas if you only played one... Then okay, play, so then there's an, you know, there's
0: an exception for international players. So how about that? So you, you have your 50 games a season. Uh, at the moment, the average is... Let me find that quote. Where is it? The average is... Oh, I didn't take that down but elite players basically players at the top of the game are participating in almost 80 games a year far too many so what about you have 50 games at club level you have your additional 10 at international level even in a, uh, in a year with a tournament you don't need to play more than 10
1: games I suppose what's what's interesting is that actually you could have a, um, I mean talking of value you could have certain players who for whatever reason have missed a portion of the season acquiring a really strange value in yeah. for instance the January transfer window this is so what I mean
0: about the kind of popping up of new markets. Like it's All of a sudden, it's really, it could be really interesting.
1: Where it becomes an, a, an attribute of itself. It's like, well, I've got 33 games between January yeah. and April. I can come and play for Man United. That is uh-huh. quite interesting, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. And of okay. course, um, when a player reaches the end of their minutes total and they have to be substituted off in their final appearance that's when that's, that's, when-, horn. that's yeah. when the
1: horn sounds yeah 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 yeah. or you could have like a a man dressed like a you know you know like a mascot you could have him dressed like a, a stopwatch running
0: yeah. out of the field with a and he, net then yeah. he tackles the player and then puts him in the net yeah, yeah I like
1: ironically it. cheers you know, just a great See, day out for everybody
0: what i'm thinking of actually
2: more is you'd be able to put some of the money that you'd save on medical bills into building this enormous horn structure on the roof of stadiums, <laughs> kind of a like little the horn bit in, uh, in, in, in in the in, in uh, Lord of Elms the race. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, summon the, the Gondor or whoever. Yeah, no, that's
1: basically that, sure. that wasn't the noise of a horn, Joe. That just no, sounded like yeah. Predator. That was
0: well, no, that, that I, I tell you what, that was that, actually a that's very a didgeridoo. Well, even bit, I mean, it's very similar to the sound that the horn makes in uh, Lord of the I've just recently watched them, so and also, I'm a super fan. So don't test me, guys. Hey, listen, we're at the end now. So uh, first, let let's before we decide who's won, we all know who's won, but before we decide who's won, let's go through <laughs> some of the uh, suggestions from our viewers and um, shit all over them. Okay, uh, first one comes from Jamie Blair. All referees must be equipped with microphones during games. No Jamie Blair. Why not Seb? Because they already are Jamie Blair.
1: Um, yeah, I, think, I, think, I think we Blair. know what he means. He wants, he wants the audio to be publicly available, but um like it is in 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 rugby. And I it's it's interesting and it would be quite fascinating, but um I don't think it would serve uh the collective interest. I mean we there was um back in it was either the very late 80s or the early nineties. Um, they actually mic'd up uh, David Ellery for a, an Arsenal game, and uh, the highlight of which was um, Tony Adams uh, yelling "fucking cheat" in his face <laughs> at one point. Um, and then um, there was actually there was actually a camera crew um, that, that followed them around for the, the the referees for the for the documentary. And at one point, it retreated into the referees' room at the end. Um, and George Graham, who was managing Arsenal at the time, came barging in, um, looking furious, and then spotted the camera at the back of the room and be like, Oh no, no no, oh, I'll come back later. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I the idea is interesting. I don't think it um I don't think it would add the clarity that, that people think it would. Okay. I uh, also
2: I also think you've got a couple of referees that already think they're hugely important and entertaining. Yeah. yeah and it would just well. I, I there's no one that immediately springs to mind except Mike Riley. No, okay. uh, there's Mike like five D. of them that
1: spring to mind. Uh all it, of you them just, you yeah, I, I, they just you can't. You can't encourage what's already happening like that because they, they, uh, there's a few of them that already think they're the stars of the show, and you can't, you can't, you can't. Um, what was that, that thing?
2: That, was it Graham Pohl who thought that the uh, the cop was standing and singing for him because they were knowledgeable fans and knew it was his last game or something? No, it
1: was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't grandpa i've forgotten who it was it was the um it was another referee who also released a book um I right. uh, it was mark something his name eludes right. me but yeah just beautiful. That, that's the level of self-importance we're dealing with so i don't think we should encourage it agreed
0: okay uh phone the cops Within the Premier League, they should adapt MLS-VAR rule. Oh, what? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, if they can't determine within... They, they, should, they should adopt it, he means. Um, if they can't determine within 30 seconds if an error wasn't clear and obvious, they should let it go. Hey, I'm going to phone the cops on you because that's bad. I don't like it. Does anyone else like it?
1: I think that's, that's the kind of either you have VAR or you don't exactly. situation. Exactly. Also,
2: if the error wasn't clear and obvious, then why is it being assessed anyway?
0: Exactly. I don't like that one so much anyway. But sure. Um, R and R forced injury substitutions shouldn't count towards three. The three that a manager can make, and uh, there should be a neutral doctor to assess whether the player is uh, feigning the injury to get a free substitution.
1: Be manipulated.
0: do they know how long it takes to do
2: an MRI scan?
0: Do they know? Yeah, I mean, if if or you say to a doctor test. that my yeah. head hurts and he says, "Well, it shouldn't hurt," and you say, "But it hurts anyway," they'll go, "Oh God, well, we should probably do something."
1: I would. Um, okay, so R and R. I would. I um, would look up the bloodgate scandal in rugby from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a rule in um, in rugby where if you're if you're bleeding, you can have a, a free sub. And um, a player bit into a. Um, I'm not sure what was actually in the capsule, but it was like a, a red food coloring or something. Oh. Um, and he, he, you can find footage of it. It's a guy called Tom Williams, I think he used to play for Harlequins. And um, he just mysteriously he, he he gets up and he's covered in blood to the point where he, he looks like he's been beaten half to death by six people um, after an innocuous um, after an innocuous tackle. Right. But that's what that's 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 what happens if you you introduce rules if you introduce little loopholes, eventually people exploit them. Um, okay. and okay. someone would cheat their way around that I suspect it's a good idea but it would be um, like it's very very hard to, to, to enforce properly uh,
0: Samuel Payton change the handball rule when a goal is scored the referees have got too much stick and accused of bad judgment for applying this rule dis- you know, disallowing the goal uh, if the ball touches a player's arm in the build up, it's too vague and goals are getting chalked off because of it uh, you know, for example touching a player's shoulder Yeah, that's more of a VAR thing um well, that was, that was, I think that was the worst response yet. Yeah. Santi Mina, if I could change anything, I would probs just do something to actually stop the abuse from fans, like racism and all. But that's a boring answer. It is a boring answer, Santi Mina, but hey, if we could do anything, it would probably also be that. Alan Lau, away goals rule. Uh, this is a few people who've said the away goals rule. Someone suggested uh, having the away goals rule only apply up to 90 minutes. But it does, doesn't it? I, I don't understand that. That's when the game finishes. No, I mean if there's if if it's a draw at that point, but it goes to extra time.
1: I think I think you do away with it completely because I I think the away goals rule was implemented at a time when when teams would have to travel by sea to to get to different places and when <laughs> when, when 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 travel was actually difficult and would take days, not when you know. Like you have to. Well, when take... when
0: uh, England and and well, England didn't go, did they? But when the European teams banded together to uh, to boat board a sailboat and sailed uh, for three months to uh, Uruguay for the nineteen fifty World Cup.
1: Yeah, so it, it, for the um, for the nineteen thirty four World Cup, I think Uruguay Uruguay took a a, a boats to Europe, but then when they got to mainland Europe, they played like twelve friendlies in France to sort of fund their. Their, their trip and their time off work or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. that's that's yeah. that's a story from deep inside a Jonathan Wilson's um, uh, right, book, I'm yes. sure. But basically, I meant,
0: I meant 1930, by the way, not 1950. But yes, okay.
1: On. But basically, yeah, the, the the rules outdated. I think we can all agree on that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I I like away goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just like the rules, don't you?
2: Well, no i i I like I like the potential for chaos when yeah. teams miscalculate things. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, how about this? Oscar Tierney says uh, a player is not deemed offside if they are onside when the ball is received, even if they're offside when the ball is played. In a way, that's much more sensible because yeah. um, it, it
2: is basically physically impossible um, to to be able to gauge where a person is and an event is happening if those two things aren't in your immediate field of vision. Like mm. you just you just can't do it. Whereas you could clearly by reception of the ball, um, and I don't think it would make a massive issue either because all, all you'd—I mean—the biggest issue would be players running kind of off the blind side and suddenly appearing in front of defenders. But then you'd hope they would have the well and situational also it awareness. It
0: wouldn't even stretch the play, would it? Because, say, for example, Aguero hangs—you know—ten meters offside, um, mm. and the ball gets passed towards him. The team just doesn't move back. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I, it may be I mean, favors no, I, defensive teams.
1: Um, I suppose I don't, I, maybe maybe I it don't gives think it would.
2: Sorry, Alice' gone. No, no, I, I was actually genuinely pausing to think about
1: it. But uh, I, I wonder if um, I wonder if it gives too much of an advantage to the attacking team because the attacking player then basically dictates when and where the offside line is applied or drawn. So maybe it's kind of I don't. Yeah, know. but
2: it's still, it's still ultimately in the attacking player's best interests to receive the ball.
1: It is. So I, mean, I just. I, I, they, I just they, wonder how it might be manipulated. The
2: establishment. Well, but I think. I think it's. It's manipulated anyway. And at the moment, yeah, the true. biggest issue for me is that the manipulation occurs external to either set of player. Yeah. That yeah. it's that the manipulation is because the VAR system and the imprecision of that particular application of the law is is what causes all of those problems. So something that simplifies the law. To me, would make sense. Yeah, um, that's quite a good suggestion.
0: Actually, I think. Mm, okay, um, well, well, that's us uh, for uh, suggestions from the community for now. Time to vote on who we think of the three of us has the best suggestion. There was and no is discussion of this element. Well, of the I'm adding this it in is, now. This I'm this adding it in now a... based on how well I've done. Seb, oh, who will for, you vote for first?
1: Uh, I vote for myself.
0: Okay, well, listen. We all we've all voted for ourselves, so that's one vote each. Now you have to vote for someone else, Seb. Who are you going to vote for? Are you going to vote for me, the man who was very prepared and had a very good idea, or Alex, the man who mocked the game and uh, didn't even think about it really that much and didn't take any notes or no, you know, no, you, go you, above you, and beyond or any of that stuff? You know what? I'm going to. Which Eurovision one are you going to vote this? for?
1: I'm going to Eurovision it and be tactical. <gasps> I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for Alex. <laughs> Fine,
0: fine, Alex, you've already voted for yourself, now you've Mm -hmm. got to vote for someone else. Who are you going to vote for? Are you going to vote for me, who did a very good job and and has the best suggestion clearly, and clearly is the moral winner of this, or are you going to vote for Seb, a man who's so bitter that he has done some Eurovision tactical voting uh, to benefit you? I'm going to vote for Seb.
1: Right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Now, Joe, on the basis that you can't vote for yourself, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who wins?
0: <laughs> wow. You know who I'm going to vote for, guys? I'm going to vote for Oscar Tierney because, uh, you know, that, that side one was, that was, uh, uh, that a was a good idea. Good idea. That yeah. was a good idea. Well done, Oscar. So, yes. Clearly, clearly we all know who the moral winner is here. Hey, listen, um, it's uh, that's, that's it. Thanks. And uh, thanks to Seb. <laughs> thanks, Joe. Thank and you. thanks to Alex. <laughs> That's a caveated thanks, I think, but yes. Yeah. I don't mean it, but I feel like the people listening might mean it. Okay. Um, anyway, we'll be back um, uh, later in the week, actually, where in an episode where Alex and I discuss all there is to know about Tiki Taka. Yeah? It's actually quite fun, that one. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, good. All right, uh, thanks for listening. Hope everyone's well, and uh, we will yeah, see you in a few days. ta